What up, Snapback fam? On this episode of the Snapback Sports Pod, we talk to Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, two-time national champion, and first-round pick, probably by the time you're listening to this. And then on the second half of the pod, we break down the entire NFL draft. How do you rank the top five quarterbacks? Who are the best skilled players going? And a speed round of our NFL draft series. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select... Lamar Jackson. I'm a rave. He's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! What up, everyone? We're here with Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, two-time national champion. I mean, do I have to run through all the accolades, or are we good there? Like, wh- where do you stop me? Uh, nah, you ain't got to do all that. We just... Okay, all right. And and soon to be first-round pick. Uh, but the man, the myth, the legend is here. Abe, where, where do you want to start? We got a million questions to ask. I know you have a million things to say. I assume I, we didn't give you enough background. I'm a Ravens fan. He's an Eagles fan. Um, so he's got many, many questions, most importantly, about a, a tweet you fired off a few years ago. Yeah, no, we don't have to get into that yet. But just I guess we can start. How's this whole process been for you? I mean, you're about to live your dream in a matter of 48 hours, a little bit more than that. It must be surreal for you. What has this been like going through everything, especially in a year where it's different than the past years because of COVID and how the draft, obviously you didn't have a combine and everything. So what's this all been like for you? Um, it's, it's been smooth, really, just day in, day out, just talking to teams, working out, just saying stuff every day, really. But um, it's been smooth. It hasn't been crazy at all. I'm curious because I did a little research and I noticed you grew up a pretty hardcore Saints fan. Now, is there yeah. – obviously, you have no idea where you're going in a few days. And wherever you go, you're going to try and beat the Saints. But is there a little part of you that just – because you're you're a Louisiana boy, but you went to Alabama, which it, in itself is crazy to me because I thought that was like a crime. Um, but now you have the opportunity to talk to the Saints. You have the opportunity to talk to other teams – what has that been like for you, like literally talking to your childhood favorite team? Because a lot of people, we've talked to, what, Jack, like seven or eight prospects this year. Not many of them grew up fans of teams because we spoke to a lot of people and they're like, listen, I have, I have, uh, I'm doing football Monday through Saturday. Like, I don't watch the NFL on Sunday because that's my off day. So, what has it been like to you being able to talk to like all these teams? Um, It's been, it's been exciting just to, Hear coaches talk, see the way that they think. I mean, talking football, anytime you get to talk football, I mean, it's fun. So it's been exciting just going through that, just being able to talk to different teams and just seeing how they operate. And and what about the non-football questions? What are the most ridiculous questions you've gotten so far through the process? Um, I would say probably something about if I was at a bar or something like that and something happened. I would say that that's probably crazy. Well, we we like to ask our guests if they think they could beat up Jake Paul in a fight. So you think you would handle him or what? <laughs> like you get one month of a solid training camp in. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> there we go. Uh, that's the attitude you need. Yeah, that's well, what we well, like. A lot. Uh, something came out of the Eagles camp, uh, like last week. Had the new head coach Nick Sirianni said, in order to gauge prospects' competitiveness, he would play them in rock paper scissors shoot. I'm curious if if the Eagles asked you to play rock paper scissors with them. Yeah, they did. And did you win? Because there's a classic clip of you, and it was it was it Jerry Judy or or Henry Ruggs deciding who's going to catch the touchdown on that given play. So you've had some rock paper scissors ex- experience. Yeah. Did, um, did, yeah, I won. You won. There you go. Because that to me was like that. The head coach is trying to gauge your competitiveness just by playing you in rock paper scissors and talking all that smack. But like, I'm a pretty competitive person too. I'm not. If you, I'm not going to talk smack in RPS. If you, if you caught a dub, I'm sure you. I'm sure you right. would. So so off the field. Um, we see you're a hooper too. Who would you say your NBA player comp is? Um, I grew up a big Rondo fan, so Rondo, uh, my jumper was just better. Oh, you had a better, so you're a better Rajon Ronda. Yeah, but and I feel like you have more hops than him. I saw some clips like Rondo's not known for really his dunking either. I can do a little song. Yeah, so you're you're like a more versatile Rajon Ronda. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then you also, I've seen you getting some comparisons to like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry in terms of on the football field, you know, just based off your, your structure. Do you like that? Do you care about that? The doubters, the haters, like, do you, do you pay any mind to that? No, I don't care about it. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you look at what you've done over your career. I, I wouldn't either. So Talk to me. You've played with a million NFL great quarterbacks. You, your wide receiver room, everyone knows, is incredible. What are some of your favorite moments from your your years at Alabama? Um, just some of the games. Well, like it was close games, and just being in those games, just seeing how locked in everybody is. Everybody just dialed in. Everybody know what we're trying to go, what we're trying to do. So ultimately, just everybody coming together, just being in a team. You like that team competitive aspect. What What is one of those games? Because, like, this, I was at the national championship watching uh, you just toast Ohio State all night long. What's one of those close games that you played in that, like, everyone really had to come together and, and push through? Um, I was against Ole Miss this year. I mean, it was back and forth the whole game. So just everybody just believing in each other, just knowing that all it takes is one one play, one stop, and we got it. I'm curious about that national championship because the first half was stupid what you were doing. They were mad in numbers. I think it was like 12 for 215 and three scores. Um, you guys get a pretty sizable lead. Ned, the Ohio State never really made the comeback, but you ended up dislocating your finger and sitting out most of the second half of that game. I'm curious, was there any part of you that like you were in the locker room during the at during halftime and you were like, I can get 400 yards and three more touchdowns. Like you wanted to go back in, but a, a dislocated finger was keeping you out. Uh, yeah, I wanted to go back in. I mean, we sat in the tent for a good little minute, just trying to get it back in. So yeah, most definitely, I wanted to go back in. What do you think? You're, if you played that whole four quarter game, the way you were playing, the way you were locked in in that first half, what were those numbers looking like at the end of the game? <laughs> No comment. <laughs> I can see the grin on his face. He's thinking six touchdowns. I mean, and then all of Twitter, Devontae Adams is tweeting about you, LeBron. Everyone was going crazy 
that was incredible to watch. And then obviously before that, you won the Heisman. Was that a goal of yours going into the season, going into your college career? And what was that like? Uh, no, I, I never thought about winning the Heisman. It just kind of came along. Yeah, yeah. And ha- and how was that? Like, did you think, was that one of the biggest uh, accomplishments? Or are you more of like national championship, get drafted type of guy? Um, the national championship for sure. I mean, it happened. It was exciting. I'm glad it happened, but I mean, the national championship, I mean, that's on top there. Yeah, yeah. And which which one of your former teammates would you love to play with? It could be one of your old quarterbacks. It could be one of the old wide receivers. It could be one of your old linemen, running back. From your time at Bama, who would you love to, like, suit up next to in the NFL? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. He's your guy. Yeah. Okay. I So let me ask you, selfishly, I'm a Texas fan. Uh, so Sark is heading over, and he's taking care of us. Texas is back, as you know, uh, every year. What are you? Are you excited for him to get a job there? And uh, do you have a good relationship with him and also Coach Saban? Uh, yeah, Coach Sark, he, he deserves it. I mean, just his journey alone, and just him re- rebuilding everything. Him just going over there, trying to bring it back. And I mean, he deserves. It. I mean, that's my guy. I mean. He, he's a great coach. He's a great person. Perfect. Devontae Smith says we're back, Abe. There we go. There you go. Texas is back. All right, so we've talked a lot about football, and that's like when Jack and I have guests on, we don't really talk about the sport that much. We want to know about who the athletes are. Who is Devontae Smith off the field? Like when you're decompressing from football, you have an off day, what's Devontae Smith doing to keep busy just to enjoy himself? Um, Probably playing Call of Duty. Yeah. I heard that. I heard you're a big cop player. Who's who's your ideal squad that you're dropping in with? Um, it's I usually play with rugs and we just usually just find some other people to yeah. play with. And and are you who's the best who's the best cop player? Are you better than him? Yeah, I'm for sure better than him. What about in Madden? Because I've seen him play Madden. I don't play you Madden. You don't play Madden. Right. Madden for me, like I used to love Madden as a kid. It got way too hard. Like the, the days where you can well, just guarantee that A was going to be open over the middle <laughs> on the four verts right when he broke his route. I, like, I played in a league so with, with Kyler, Hollywood, Derwin, and Joe. I played Joe Mixon. Mixon beat me 70 to 7. I mean, every play. They're just run. It's crazy how good those guys are. Um, so, Cod, season three just launched, right? Yeah. Okay. Have you caught any dubs yet, or you've been too busy with this whole like NFL draft thing? That's that's an everyday thing. That's a must. Okay. And are you streaming? I haven't seen. Nah. Nah. You don't like to stream, or or just haven't set it up yet. I just haven't got into it yet. Okay. All right. We got to link you with our boy uh, Austin Eckler, the Gridiron Gaming Group. Yeah. Yeah. Austin's a friend of it. He's a he's a huge streamer. When you get to the next level, in, in a matter of three days i mean i feel like everyone is kind of streaming nowadays that's just how they continue their brand off the field while also doing something that they actually enjoy yeah i mean it's just giving everybody something else to do yeah 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 video games are great well i think that's that's a big part of uh what we're excited to announce here today which is your big nft launch uh specifically smitty coin and tell me, I mean, I was reading up about it. I got some details on it. And like, why launch this coin to get closer with your fans? Like, what is that relationship with your fans that's so important? 
Um, just giving the fans the ability to um, buy my coins are a lot of different experiences with me, whether it's playing video games, FaceTime, dinner, watch party, things like that. And just um, it's something different that not many people are doing. So just me being different from everybody else, just going my own separate way. Yeah, no, I think that's been the story of your career. And that's what everyone wants. That's what we're talking about now, which is like being able to connect with you off the field and, and on a more personal level. And I know you're going to be releasing some moments in terms of NFTs, the favorite plays of your career. So what are some of those favorite plays? We touched on them a little, but like, what are the ones that just stand out to you? Um, I would say my one-hand catch against LSU, my punt return against Arkansas. Um, of course, national championship my freshman year. Um, those are the main three that really stand out to me. Yeah, those are great moments. I even saw you uh, on kick coverage as, what, a freshman? You, you were putting people in the dirt on special teams? something like that <laughs> so you've been doing it since day one all right well i mean i think smitty coin is going to be super awesome and like you said you're one of the first to really do this um are there any other of uh, your teammates that you think will get into the nft game or you think you're just going to run away with it and take all all and everyone's just going to be buying smitty coins uh, i mean nft it, it's the it's the future for fans and players so i mean i'm pretty sure down the line, I'm not going to be the only one. Other people are going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's cool that you are uh, you see that it's the future and you're willing to learn about it because I know you've been doing a ton of research on, on the whole thing. What do you think the fans will want to do the most with Devontae Smith? Is it play video games? Is it go to dinner? Is it FaceTime? Uh, get a signed jersey? What, do you, like, what would be your guess? Because the Bama fans are crazy, and I'm sure whatever NFL team takes you is going to feel the same. Um, I'll probably say play the video game. Yeah. Drop drop I'll down let, and catch some doves on COD, right? Yeah. I'll let you know that if you and I'm knocking on wood because I would love to have you in Philadelphia. If if you if the if you somehow end up in green on the Eagles, there's gonna be some fat, crazy fan that's just gonna wanna go out and get a cheesesteak <laughs> with you. You are you a cheesesteak fan? Um they are. I, I I ain't gonna say I'm a big fan of it, but I mean all right, so so a fan a fan says, all right, Devontae, I just bought a ton of Smitty coin. We're going to dinner, but Devontae Smith's choosing. Where? What type of food are you grabbing with him or her? Um, probably some seafood. Seafood, okay. All right, get more specific. Lobster, shrimp, crawfish. I mean, I know you're from down south. Shrimp. Shrimp. All right. Shrimp. There we go. All right. Isn't it, isn't it funny how – I wouldn't say funny, but like – ideal and essentially like the biggest knock that people are that are putting on you going to this draft is that you're too skinny and everything but like how much did you weigh when you had 12 for 215 and three touchdowns <laughs> clearly that doesn't matter but like for the average person like jack myself who you know aren't going to be stud nfl wide receivers if someone told us like listen in order to get better you need to eat more that would be like just a dream of mine like is is the fact that the biggest knock on you is that you're just a little underweight or too skinny? Just does that make you laugh sometimes? Just knowing and being confident in your own ability as a football player alone. Um, yeah, it's just funny because I mean, we play football. <laughs> that's what we're here for. So I mean, weight doesn't have nothing to do. It's all about how good you are at the sport. So I mean, so I'm saying you'd be 110 pounds, 220 pounds, as long as you get into that end zone, nobody really cares. <laughs> 
that. There you go. Amazing. All right, Devante. Well, we are really excited for the Smitty Coin drop and the NFTs that are coming with it. I will obviously be buying one so that we can drop in together on some uh, COD Season 3. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not that good. So you're going to have to lead me to some dubs. We'll get me, you, Rugs. How many... many do you normally have in your party? Because I know there's custom matches. There's like four four squads. Uh, it depends. Just whoever be on. But I mean, the most you have is four. So okay. And final question: Xbox or PlayStation or PC? PlayStation. Ah, oh, all right. I'm gonna have to break out the PlayStation. I mean, oh, I, wait, no, you, Jack, did I... you grow up a PlayStation guy? Um, I it was both, but then like once I got older, I just stuck with PlayStation. Okay. All right, I like Xbox. Jack, but. Jack, you know I can't, I can't let him go without bringing this up. True, Devonte, I gotta ask. So I did a deep dive on your Twitter when we found out you were ha- we were having you on. You're a big NBA fan, right? Yeah. So this tweet has kind of gone viral in Philadelphia lately. But it, on June first, 2017, you tweeted 76ers and five. Now I think that was against like a Boston series, but that's. That tweet has been going viral in Philadelphia now, obviously because the Sixers are playing well. But before I let you go, I need an NBA Finals prediction and a champion. Who do you got this year? All right, I'm going to say this. I know for sure it wasn't a Boston um, series. Oh, right, because I saw you're a Boston fan too. So I know for sure it wasn't a Boston series. It might have been Miami before that series. But um, I got LeBron. I mean, <sighs> LeBron going to be LeBron. Mm-hmm. And what about the East? The Nets, they're going to make it there, but I don't think they're going to finish it up. The Nets are going to make it to the finals. What, what, I mean, everyone wants Lakers-Nets, right? Like that. No, no. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, the idea, that's the idea of matchup. I mean, that's, that's what they're going Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm just happy that we might make the playoffs. But, uh, all right, so Lakers over Nets, Smitty Coin, NFL Draft. Fun week ahead coming up for Devontae Smith. Devontae, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Best of luck to you. And uh, we'll see you on the field in the fall. Appreciate you. Best of luck, Devontae. Enjoy the week. Thank you. All right, fam. Here we go. NFL Draft 2021 with our very own Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper. Does Daniel Jeremiah do uh, draft stuff? I've seen his name around the parts, but it's Josh Moore or Mauer. He doesn't he doesn't play for the Twins, but he does our draft stuff. What's going on, brother? How we been? Thanks for having me on again. Of course. Who's the goat? Who really is like when you look at like at the end of the day when every draft happens? Who's the goat mock drafter? I feel like it used to be Mayock before he took the job. Um, in Vegas or Oakland, but like who now? Like it's not Kuiper McShay. Those are just the big names. Yeah. Who actually hits on the most, like statistically? Uh, so highest Herc score, I think it's called. Not to make myself sound like a loser right off the bat, uh, <laughs> but I believe is uh, Benjamin Albright. It's like at Albright NFL. Mm, yeah, okay. He's a pretty good draft source. I'd probably say the best. And but what's what's hitting in a mock draft? You know, like because of the trades and stuff, how do you even hit that high? Yeah, uh, they project trades. It's kind of just like a uh, spot, like where you take them, like pick-wise, and then yeah. if it's close or hits. Bunch of nerds. Yeah. yeah. What was that score? A Herc score? 
Perk. Perk. Okay, that's for sure made that's up. But we appreciate it. We appreciate it. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence one. Zach Wilson is going to correct. Uh, yeah, I think the Jets made it pretty apparent in their press conference that he's going to go two. What okay. I think in two, that's a whole. Other we'll story. we'll get into that. Well, let's we'll start that way. So there's five five quarterbacks at the top of the draft, and then we'll go to what the Niners are about to do at number three. Give us your rankings for the five, and then you'll tell us where those five are going to land. Yeah, so if I was to rank these guys basically top five just off of skill and what I've seen through the, uh, through the process, it would basically be uh, Lawrence one, uh, Fields two, Lance three, Zach Wilson coming in at four, and then Big Mac Jones coming in at five. I'm curious about Zach Wilson in particular because the entire, all of college football season last year, more so in the beginning, all we heard was Lawrence Fields. That was it. Then Zach Wilson comes on, looking all handsome and everything, throwing the ball 70 yards, and it feels like he came out of nowhere, right? Joe Burrow the year before, in the beginning of the year, I think was mocked in like the third round or something obviously had like the greatest football season ever in college and flew all the way up to charts to number one. But what happened with Zach Wilson? Like before last college football season, Jack, I don't know about you. I didn't know who Zach Wilson was, the BYU quarterback. What happened that just, he's all of a sudden the consensus number two pick. So I think a big thing that happened was their scheme kind of changed. So they kind of ran this outside zone scheme. That's similar to what like McShay runs. Uh, McShay or uh, Shanahan runs Um, so they kind of simplified things a lot for him but uh, basically he just put on a like uh, arm talent show Uh, like uh, extending plays uh, basically everything was off platform off timing which is like the new new thing in the NFL which everyone's chasing is that Pat that Pat Mahomes you know can he run around in three circles and you know get me a first down on third and six I think Zach Wilson just flashed that a ton during this past season that it was almost people had to take him seriously enough to be the number two pick and almost wipe Fields and uh, Mac Jones and the rest of them out of the conversation for the number two pick. I look at Zach Wilson. I look at Zach Wilson and off nothing football base whatsoever. I look at his face and I say, that guy could be a good NFL quarterback but that guy is not the savior of the New York Jets. Like how many quarterbacks do we have to go down with the New York Jets? Darnold. Nope. Now it's going to be Zach Wilson. Like you just look at him. Just that's my version of the eye test. Just look at a headshot. That's not the Jets savior right there. No. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think it's going to be the magic fix to everything. I think it needs to start, uh, you know, at the top with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala you know, rebuilding that roster, which I think they did pretty well during free agency, adding Corey Davis and Carl Lawson. Um, A lot needs to happen more than just Zach Wilson coming in and playing like the rookie of the year, you know, and they need to change it pretty fast, but they could need to add some weapons and some O-linemen, which is good why they have uh, both the Seattle's picks for the next two years. So, so, so I appreciated one thing you did, which was rate Trevor Lawrence as one. Because, you know, there's some assholes out there who just, you know, they'll put him at two. They'll even yeah. mock him at two. If you I'm mock him it. at two, that's actually like that you should that's a fireable offense. Like he's not going two in the draft. Like he's going one. If you say he's the second most talented, you can make shit up. But how like about, how about this, Jack? I literally I sat in my bed this morning 
looking at NFL draft lines and seriously contemplated, should I bet $10,000 to win a hundred that Trevor Lawrence goes one? And I thought about it for a good minute and a half, but then I was like, I have too much to do over the next 36 hours, like in my life that I can't have that weighing on my mind. And I'm just like, you know what? That's a literally a free hundred dollars but I just can't bring myself to do it. Well, I have a hundred K that Rodrigo Blankenship kicks for the Colts next season to win $10. So, um, so you have Lawrence at one, but tell me like I've, Abe, how long have I been saying this literally since we've done a podcast that I think Trevor Lawrence is a first ballot hall of famer before he even plays a snap in the NFL. I've been saying this for two years. Where do you rank him in terms of number one prospects coming out over the past 20 years? Yeah, I'd say besides maybe Andrew Luck, which is a little touchy subject for me, uh, he's by far and away the most sure thing prospect, quarterback prospect in a while, which is kind of crazy to think about when you think about a six foot six kid, but he's mobile. Uh, he has a cannon for an arm. He's really accurate, deadly accurate. Uh, he's one of the few college QBs who can actually throw the far hash out like that's just not a common thing amongst college QBs. He does it in rhythm. He does it in stride. He just makes everything look so easy and running that offense so easy that it's kind of crazy. He won a, you know, uh, uh, the college championship as a freshman and um, has continued to like impress everyone and has made it back every year. You know? How do you how do you view the idea of Urban Meyer, a guy who's his first time in the NFL, just taking this generational prospect under his wing and that being his first guy, like Urban Meyer essentially lucked into Trevor Lawrence. And is there any part that like Trevor Lawrence is this surefire prospect. Everyone's been saying it for years, but like this guy doesn't have any coaching experience. We look at the best coaches in college football, any NFL head coaching experience. Sorry. Look at the best college coach of all time. Maybe in Nick Saban was awful with the dolphins. Like, is there any cloud hanging over the Jaguars that like, Urban could literally just ruin Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we all can hold out for is the fact that it is the Jaguars taking him. So Mm -hmm. Jaguars are going to Jaguar, and they'll probably mess this up somehow. I don't know how uh, you can mess up Trevor Lawrence, but uh, Urban Meyer will find a way. I'm almost convinced. So I don't think that necessarily means that Lawrence gets messed up. Maybe he's only there for four years. Maybe, you know, something happens. Maybe they just don't put the pieces around him to fully succeed. But I don't think Urban Meyer's going to be like, hey, man, you're literally a picture-perfect prospect. I need you to change your throwing motion. You know, like he's not going to do something like that. So, all right, T-Law one, Zach Wilson two. You had him ranked at four. Yeah. And for everyone who's listening, who's probably like, oh, F that. He's going to whatever. Justin Herbert, you know, went after Tua. Like we've seen – did he go – yeah, he went after yeah. Tua. Yeah. So, you know, there's been blatant mistakes in the past 365 days. Um, So what happens at pick number three? The Niners trade up, and there's a lot of drama around it. Yeah, so this is now, I think, the most bet-on pick of all time I read um, from Darren Ravel earlier. Including myself. Yeah, what'd you take? Fields. Yeah. I just – we'll talk about that in a little bit. No, it's kind of hard to – for the public to grasp uh, this Mac Jones narrative. And I understand that um, when we were doing our 33rd team meetings uh, with a bunch of former uh, NFL GMs and head coaches, um, including Doug, 
Um, and okay. I could name everyone's former head coach who's been who's on the call. Uh, but uh, when we were going over these prospects, uh, it kind of seemed like there was a disconnect between the media and what these GMs were thinking about these QB prospects. And that Mac Jones is actually rated way higher than people thought. And I had former GMs uh, player comparison for Mac Jones be Joe Montana in this meeting. Yeah. My, I, so, so they said that and tens of coaches agreed and my face is in the zoom meeting exactly like yours. Like, are these guys kidding me or like, are they being serious? Is it, so they, they tend to think that he's so intelligent and so over, you know, so accurate, so can run your offense that he can end up being the third pick. I don't see that at all. And I don't think the media and the public has seen that. So that's why there's kind of this panic and kind of why Mac Jones has been getting slammed on Twitter and uh, other sites. But um, it kind of seems like there's just this disconnect between football people think and what the public actually thinks. But, but you had five and you're not media. So what what happened there? So they kind, of, they kind of brought me in on him. So I wouldn't even put him five. I probably would have put Amond or someone else at five, but we'll get to that later. Um, but they, they were just so high on his uh, cerebralness, uh, his ability to run the offense. It, like, as I watched Mac Jones, I kept being like, well, he doesn't do anything wrong here, but he's more of like a Kirk Cousins game manager. And are you really going to trade up three first-round picks take a Kirk Cousins you have the best game manager in the league yeah you have you have something similar if not better than that uh in Jimmy G uh and you want to change that uh I'm just it, it's so hard for me to grasp and I understand why it's hard for the public to grasp and them not going fields or even Lance that's probably where I would lean especially given um Shanahan's success with RG3 early on I don't know if he wants to necessarily relive that injury this and you know running with the QB but it seems to me like the Niners in general the Niners are an interesting spot where they're not like the Jaguars or the Jets where they're they're ready to go now they got screwed over with injuries last year they were in the Super Bowl the year before that and they have a guy like Kyle Shanahan who is the biggest choke artist in the playoffs but that's not but he's also to his bet to his um betterman betterman thank you Jackson he's one of the smartest offensive minds we have in the league. So if you take a guy like Mac Jones and you can try and convince me all you want, I'm not going to go watch his YouTube. I'm not buying it. But if he truly is like head and shoulders that much smarter on the football field in regards to reading a defense than all these other guys, do you think that Kyle Shanahan and the Niners kind of have a leg to stand on where it's like, he's so smart. We can do everything else around him to make him successful. Yeah, I think um, to counter that point just real quick, I think he's not even the smartest. I think this this is like that's just what I keep hearing. Like he, can, I know, and it's like book. Fields got an offer to Harvard and Yale. I'm pretty sure Lance got an offer to Ivy League schools as well, uh, and they both scored higher on the Wonderlic test. Uh, I know that doesn't necessarily translate to on the field stuff right away, but uh, I wouldn't even argue that he's the smartest QB. I like I, I'm I was trying to grasp it still, and I'll probably just swallow it when they after they take him um but like he's just not even the smartest so so Abe we talked you know the first the front half of this podcast is with Devante and no hesitation 
He said, I want to play with Mac Jones. Are you surprised though? Like, no, he no, just no had... I'm not. No, we, but, but this, all I'm going to say is we figured it's because he just had the greatest season of his career. Is there a possibility that just like these guys are seeing, you know, he's day in, day out with another fair point could be that yes he just had the greatest season of his career because mac jones might maybe he's good i don't know it's a bizarre scenario but what mal yeah exactly what mauer said especially was mac jones could be this this guy that's really good but like what was the need to really trade up for a guy like mac like it feels to me like the mac jones hype didn't start until that trade around the niners was made and the it's hype like, and drop off. <laughs> like it was right? like they they were like, we're gonna get him at three, and people were like, Oh my god, Mac Jones. And then everyone was like, Well, it's Mac Jones. Why <laughs> why at three? I don't know. They All right, just... so so where do you see? So do you think Mac Jones goes to the Niners at three? So I would say 66, 33, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. I think with Trey Lance, you've got to consider his running ability. Um they may be off of that probably because he's not a starter right away and they want a starter right away. They're probably going to move on from Jimmy G as soon as possible, whether that's cutting him or trading him. Uh, I think it's like 2 million in dead cap versus 28 mil like owed. Um, but with that, I think Trey Lance has probably had the most experience um, playing with his, like pl- playing play action football kind of, uh, which is huge in the Shanahan offense and kind of turning his back to the defense which is something that is kind of unteachable that you kind of need the reps in order to like simulate that. And when the more college read the college, the more college offenses, basically Bama and Ohio state ran, they weren't turning their back as much. Whereas at North Dakota state where uh, Carson Wentz and uh, you know, I was going to say Lance, like, we're going to sit here and not knock yeah. Trey Lance for the fact that he went to that. No, school. Like, I, I wouldn't, they're two completely different prospects. Uh, Carson Wentz and Trey Lance, although they will get compared because they go to the same school. The same reason Fields will get dragged down for being Trey Lance is already better than Carson Wentz. Uh yeah. 100%. Yes. Okay. Correct. You cut off both of his arms, they'll be better than Correct. Carson Wentz. Glad you're on the same page. Yeah. So okay. So now you you have Fields obviously not in the top three, but he's your second best prospect. My brother, my cousin went to Ohio State, so I root heavily against Ohio State. I talked all about how bad Fields was. Hold the phone. phone. You are like the every time Ohio State and Penn State play, you are the biggest Buckeyes fan in the country. Well, I hate you more than I hate them. I mean, there's you know, there's levels. It's like you're my Pittsburgh Steelers. They're like division rivals. You know, it's not like life or death. Um, Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I always said fields, one read quarterback, you know, so inaccurate uh, in certain spots, but now you think he's number two. And also I'm like, I feel like I'm now rooting for the kid. I mean, it's, it's, I'm totally in agreement. Everything, unless he goes like a division rival or something, yeah. like I am the biggest Justin Fields fan for the, only the fact of the matter is what the fuck happened. Yeah. So like, what, how did yeah, what happened so and, and where do you think he lands? So I think it goes back to that same disconnect with, um, you know, Mac Jones. But uh, I think there's kind of this reverse, you mean, like the GMs actually don't like fields. Yes, don't like him as much. And I think that's partly to do. And these are all these are all past, right? They were all let released from their duties. What, these GMs? Yeah. Uh, Yes. But uh, there's a reason they're unemployed. No, 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 no. They're uh, 
the the coaches and the GMs could all find jobs tomorrow if they truly wanted to. I think yeah. they're all just at a, a point in their career where they're fine with uh, hopping on a Zoom once a week and with. <laughs> 24 year old kids that just graduated from Penn State a few years ago. Nice. So, yeah. So, talk us through Fields. Excellent, yes. So, with Fields, I think kind of his his accuracy, like, there's nothing to hate about the kid. That's where like, I kind of like lose almost interest in this draft because I feel like he's just going to fall to a team like the Patriots and we're all going to be stuck here. Like, what were we thinking? Like, kind of a Deshaun Watson situation again where he falls outside the you know, top 10, you're just like, why didn't that kid go top 10? Would um, it be crazy to see an identical scenario to 2017 where Lance and Fields slip and tr- and they trade up for Trubisky and that's the Mac Jones of the draft? Oh, 100%. I think oh, I would uh, love that. I, think, I would love that. Well, yeah, I think that will definitely happen. I think Mac Jones will probably win rookie of the year. I think whoever lands in that San Francisco scheme will win rookie of the year. I kind of just think that's a given. No, it's not fair. Trevor Lawrence, I I think the next are going to have the best record of the rookie QBs, unless one of them lands with like the Patriots or something crazy. So at, at what point with Justin Fields, let's assume that Mac Jones goes three. Um, we'll talk about four or five and onwards at what point, do we get to in the top 10 where there might be an actual need to trade up if you're a New England, if you're a Chicago to go get Justin Fields? Like, is there that pressure or is it once he falls past a certain point, then it's like a team like New England who's sitting at 14, we're like, all right, he's ours for the taking. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't make it past 12. There's no doubt about that. Relax. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> it's going to be a tough proposition for Philly to pass on. Um, is, that sarca- is that sarcastic? Like, like only semi, honestly. Okay. So like, honestly, no, I, I, no, it's sarcastic. It's sarcastic for the fact that I, you don't think it's going to happen, but at the same time, you're going to put nothing past this dog shit organization. I, no, I think yeah. it's an intelligent decision for me I about the Eagles. Did. When they traded, I told you this, Jack, when they traded back and got that extra first round pick, that was to me when they, when now they have three first round picks, assuming the Colts one conveys next year. That to me was let's push all the chips in on Hertz, give them one full year, and then next year we can use all that you all that draft utility to make a move on it. That's game. fine, but what are the chances you get a prospect like Fields at twelve, and you can still keep those picks for next year? If you could guarantee me that Fields is a Hall of Famer, like okay. right away at twelve. <laughs> Just for the fact that I can't deal with the media talking about another QB controversy, I don't want him. I'm rooting for him. All the best. Even if he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer, I can't deal with another quarterback drafted in the top God knows what. I'll gladly take him over my QB. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so where do you think – so you think Fields potentially New England. I, so, I said – 15, I feel like, is the lowest. I feel like the Vikings could honestly pull trigger at 14. That would be interesting with uh, Kirk Cousins there and everything. And we were just mm-hmm. talking about how one team liked a Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones more than Fields. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the trade-up scenarios kind of start at Detroit at seven. I think Miami's not going to move from six. They, they kind of obviously move there for a reason, whether that's a left tackle, which they probably should go, or it's – uh, Kyle Pitts or whoever falls basically to them but um then you I think seven through nine ten like that's where you start getting the trade back I 
trade back range. Denver already wants to trade back after acquiring Teddy Bridgewater. They've made that pretty clear. So I could see a New England type slipping up right into there or uh, the Bears, even the Bears sacrificing their whole franchise to move up for fields, which would be awesome for the Bears. But uh, well, it, would be too, it would be too good for the Bears. I know. Like, that's just, why it won't why happen. Why am I mock? I gave them Mac Jones. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's good. Trey Lance is going to go three because I'm not crazy. And then Mac Jones will fall all the way to 20. Bears now. fans don't really like this. Podcast. That's a Bears QB. Mac so, Jones is a Bears QB. So two landing spots for Fields. Uh, one, the Baltimore Ravens. I've heard that rumor going around. Yeah. That's quality draft analysis. But the spot I love that I think just makes so much sense is Atlanta at four. You can sit this guy behind behind Matt Ryan for two years and you have one of the rawest prospects. But do do we not do this anymore, sitting quarterbacks behind vets? I mean, it happened uh, last year with the Packers, Jordan Love. But I'm saying he's the only one, and everyone said it's a waste of a pick. It's a waste of a pick. Do you like supposed to be Hurts too, but I guess that was second round. Well, I do like Fields at four. I think kind of – if you're looking at your options, him or Pitts, you kind of you have to think two years ahead, and you're getting rid of Julio. It sounds like um, whether that's the Ravens or the Titans coming in, those are the two teams I've heard early um, possible trade for Julio, which would be awesome. But if you're getting rid of Julio, you're you're clearly not in a win now. So I don't understand drafting a tight end to a team whose uh, head coach now. Uh, kept his tight ends in to pass protect on 70% of passing plays in Tennessee. I don't know why you're putting Kyle Pitts. I know he's a freak athlete and can change the team, but if you're removing Julio and you're kind of not in that win now, you got to consider a fields or even, you know, the fifth QB on your board so, or, but yeah, I mean, you're picking four, so you don't have to consider the fifth QB, but uh I have a pretty simple question. You mentioned you mentioned Pitts and the Falcons and, and all that. It's a pretty simple question. From everything I've been hearing, I need you to answer me this. Is Kyle Pitts the GOAT? Like, is there anything bad to say about this kid? You're skipping ahead. You're, Am I? Got, yeah, you're skipping ahead. We're, we're going to get to Kyle Pitts. Well, you got to wrap up quarterbacks first. I think he is keep, the GOAT. Keep, keep, the, keep the listeners on edge. Um, speed round here. Sam Ellinger, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond. What's the word on that? Uh, so all mid to late picks, I'd probably see Mon going first of these guys, um, whether that's mid, late, second, if a team truly falls in love with him, or like the Bears, something like that. They don't get their guy in the first, but they want to take a flyer on someone in the second, which is kind of a head-scratching move, but um, it's the Bears. So <laughs> I feel like we now have like a full list of teams like that. Like it's the Jags, it's the Jets, it's the Bears, it's There's, the Eagles. We have like, it in the hey, 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 hey. hey. In Indianapolis now. You're not going to slip that in. Uh, there. No, there's a reason the same five, you know, to eight teams are like competing every year, and the rest mm-hmm. are all you know picking top ten every year. Uh, and that's because nice. certain teams know how to do it right, like the Ravens, the Chiefs. You know those those NFC teams, even Seattle. As much as they try to fuck things up, they still do it better than you know, the Jags and Jets of the world. Now, did Jack – so that second group of quarterbacks, Trask, Mund, Sorry. Sam Ellinger isn't in that group, right? Jack just slipped him in there. <laughs> yeah. That second tier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I'm pretty sure that's how that went. Sam Ellinger will probably go later than these other guys. He's uh, like QB like 11, right, in yeah, this draft? Um, 
I can't count that high, but he's definitely up there. I, he, okay. I think I still think he gets drafted just off pedigree and you know athletic what, ability. What pedigree? Uh, saying, saying Texas is Texas back in a high pitched voice after winning one game. Back. <laughs> That's like half the battle. I don't know. I mean, I, Devontae I Smith co- confirmed that we're back. Yeah, he did. He did. Devonte Smith, the, the front half of this podcast, he said. What Sark, happened was, what Sark happened was, Austin. he said, Jack said, we got Sark in Austin. He's like, yeah, I like Coach Sark. And Jack goes, yep, Texas is back. All right. <laughs> yeah, I agree, honestly. Though. I think Sark's going to do a good job down there. I don't know if they'll fully be back, be back. But oh, we'll be back. All right. Let's, let's move to the skill position. Uh, first statement is running backs do not matter unless you're a three down back and you've been on this podcast. Like we like our guys, but. Or if so, you're a two down back and you play in Pittsburgh and you also have been on this podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much if you've been in the pod, you matter. Everyone else, very irrelevant. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, I think these guys, that's kind of the intrigue here. Um, so let's start with the running backs. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Michael Carter. Those are kind of the top four. Najee's consensus RB1. How many running backs are going in round one? So I think there's probably two going in round one. I think wow. there's there's I think there's only been three times since 1970 where a running back hasn't gone round one, at least one. So when will they learn? Uh, I don't it's getting there though. They've started to push it back. Yeah, the Chiefs with CEH, uh, that's a head-scratcher. Do you think Saquon was the last, like, big one? Like, all right, let's uh, – I don't know. Top I'm 10. Say, like, he's, Saquon's definitely a cautionary tale to everyone. Don't take a running back even near the first round. But um, I do think the closest running back to mattering is Austin Eckler. So, that's – Correct. That's – Correct. But yeah, uh, with, this, with this running back class, I also have Najee bumped down a little bit, kind of – because his receiving ability and his explosiveness isn't, you know, too insane. Before this season, I'm pretty sure he only had, like, three runs of uh, more than 30 yards at Alabama or something like that, which is, you know, for Alabama running backs kind of low. Um, but he is a stud, and I do think uh, Pittsburgh probably ends up trying to fix their running problems with a running back, which is hilarious. And um, it, there's no better thing than your division rival trying to fix their running problems with a running back. Um keep adding them but um yeah I would put probably him I he'd be my third back I'd take though in this scenario I'd probably take uh Travis Etienne just because of his uh, freak athletic ability change direction and then Michael Carter from uh UNC also up there Uh, I think Michael Carter broke an absurd amount of tackles compared to Najee Harris and really yeah I think they he broke like something like 30 plus more tackles than the rest of them and Najee just like less carries. So he, I don't. I know he was at Bama, so his block. I was gonna was, say, Jack. Remember he, when we had that conversation? Could you get a yard yeah. if you were a running back? I think if you were going behind that Alabama offensive line and like against status, Troy or something. No, against Clemson. No, you, you could fall <laughs> forward for a yard. Definitely not that. I mean. Etienne is the one that's interesting to me. It seems like the NFL guys do not like him, which is kind of shocking. I feel like if you were to put him in San Francisco, I feel like it's like the gro- like the greatest. It's just fit. everyone going opposite directions. Yeah, I feel like it's amazing. No, no, I I agree. I think I think he's 
probably going to be the closest one to mattering. You no, know, out of this bunch is as a receiver. It's all it's all relative. So he's going to matter yeah. just relative. No, 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 no. I know. And he's going to he's probably the most electric of the group. Right. Um, you you give him an inch of, an inch of room and he's gone. He's just he's shot out of the cannon. So that's something I think you have to consider is explosive plays when you're drafting a running back because that explosive plays matter. And if you're going to get explosive plays on the ground, then running backs tend to lean towards mattering. I, I do wonder, yeah, on top of that, with the way that running backs, you know, they're starting to look at them differently in the league, not only with the pass catching, but like four yards, you know, on first down doesn't isn't really like what teams are looking for. But if you can say I'll be a 15 yard, you know, a few times a game or I can break an 80 yard and be a game changer, game breaker. That is like what Etienne reminds me of more like Najee Harris. Like you said, only a few runs over 30 yards. Is he going to break that many more tackles at the NFL level? So I, I just love that team. I, every time he's on the field, it's like. All right, right Mauer, Moore, Mauer, Kuiper, McShay. Najee yep. Harris, NFL player comparison in terms of running style. In terms of running style. I'm trying running to- style, like, yeah, style play. Who, who most resembles Najee? In the good ways, I'd say probably like a J.K. Dobbins. Like, okay. and where was J.K. Dobbins taken? Like 60th, something like that. So that. That's like the earliest I'd consider him. He's more of like a grinded out type guy. Okay, um, what about ETN? ETN's kind of like I don't know if there is like. A I feel like he can be Mostert. Like, yeah, he's as fast as guys like Mostert, where they can just pop off at any moment. He can catch the ball, kind of like like a calf or not like, I mean, not that crazy, but like a calf or an Eckler and still be like, he's just the most well-rounded back, I think, in terms of receiving and and running the ball and just being an explosive weapon. And I think he'll probably tend to be the highest drafted in PPR fantasy. I think you might be able to get plus odds on uh, over a, over one and a half running backs in the first round. You can. All right, so I'm going to have to look uh, into that. And then the, the Bills are two teams to look out for, for running backs. Uh, Bills apparently want to take a little bit of a load off of Josh Allen, which they just took Zach Moss and have Devin Singletary. So I don't know why they would, but uh, they definitely need to edge more. But it's been rumored that they're going to take Najee or Etienne, and that okay. would be kind of fun. Etienne. Yeah. All right. All right, so the wideouts, and we'll include uh, – our boy Kyle Pitts. So Jamar oh, okay. Chase, wide receiver one. Uh, not to me, no. Uh, okay. All right, all right. Then we'll okay. yeah, list the mobile. Um, so, yeah. so you got Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Bateman. We're, we're leaving Pitts out. He'll be a separate conversation. Okay. Any other wide receivers at the time? Yeah, uh, Elijah Moore. Okay, mm-hmm. I've seen his name thrown around. Yeah. He's gonna. He's something special. That kid. He's. He's going to be the uh, probably the fourth one taken, uh, fifth at worst. If someone likes Bateman's size a little better, and he's got like all those AB qualities to his route running, where he'll just destroy man coverage all day. Like what about and what about Terrace Marshall? Terrace Marshall is also going to like probably would have been the fourth or fifth taken, uh, but he's got a little bit of like a knee injury. He's also a guy you have to consider just with his uh, testing measurables. And his performance at LSU, given the fact that he's like truly like six two, whereas mm-hmm. Jamar Chase claimed to be six three in high school, and by the time he was drafted, he was six foot nothing. Right. <laughs> and Trey Nixon, I assume, falls somewhere in the Smith Waddle area. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
Trey so is gonna Trey, be that's our boy. Trey's the boy. Oh, but I'm, I want to talk about Jamar Chase because presumably he's wide receiver one. It seems like I've heard rumors of maybe Waddle, but Jamar Chase to me is interesting because we saw him in that dynamic LSU offense for one year where people are trying to not give him the benefit of the doubt of being unbelievable because he was in that offense. And then all we have of him is tape of being an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old kid. Didn't play last year, decided to opt out. Is he that gifted in what I've seen is route, his route running where it doesn't even matter if there's not enough tape on him. He's that talented. Um, I, I would lean more toward, like, I'm kind of, like, nervous about Jamar Chase's transition to the NFL uh, just because I don't truly believe he ran that 40 time. and uh, Which his, was what? Like a 4-3-9. Pretty but fast. He plays, yeah, but he plays, if you, like, turn on the tape, he kind of, he plays like a 4-5 guy. Like, and uh, winning, like, he won the most kind of just on jump balls. And, like, you know, he could be that Kenny Galladay maybe, like, you know, type guy, but he's, so he's not, not that tall. tall. Yeah. Not that tall. So like the jump balls are going to be way harder to win at this level. So unless he's bringing that pure strength and playing like kind of like a, uh, I'm blanking on his name, obviously. Um, Tennessee Titans wide receiver, AJ, AJ Brown. Brown there, yeah. there you go. Uh, and AJ Brown, like, I don't see him, you know, transitioning so fluidly. I think it's going to take some time with his route running and other things like that. I, just, I would rather take a Waddle or a Smith, I think. Why was Justin Jefferson so good at, in his rookie year? Because he wasn't on the Eagles. Yeah, well, that definitely saved him, but I have no clue. Okay, it's all right if I say that. Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, you have our first-round pick. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. That's fair. Uh, and I have your shitty QB. Uh, <laughs> That's also fair. Justin Jefferson, like, pre-draft, looked nothing like he did post-draft. Like, almost. It's, it's kind of insane what he did at the NFL level just, like, to start off. Uh, he always had that route running ability, which I honestly thought is better than uh, Jamar's because Jamar played strictly as like an ex outside guy and Justin Jefferson worked inside a lot more uh, that's that year. Uh, so I just think Justin Jefferson's like route running plus his explosiveness just made him a wide receiver one, which we didn't see coming last year in such a deep class and why I think you know, you got to consider guys like Moore and Bateman who could go in the 20s like uh, like he did. Uh, they could also be the number one wide receiver. So you can't just like get yourself set on one like a Jerry Judy, something like that, or Ruggs even who actually went one. And, right. Uh, you know. So if Jamar, Ch- it sounds like you're pretty bearish on Jamar Chase, which isn't the norm of what I've been hearing. So if Jamar Chase isn't your wide receiver one, is it a Waddle? Is it a Devontae Smith? Yeah, um, it's unfortunately uh, the person who was on before me in this podcast, teammate, Devontae. Waddle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, Waddle is kind of just like that explosive weapon you kind of crave and like need for your team. Uh, he was the wide receiver one when uh, Alabama had him healthy. Uh, he pretty sure his touchdowns in his career, he averaged like 45 yards per touchdown. That's he would score good. like once every six plays. He was on yeah, the and then twenty nine yards like per return. Like the kid is just so explosive. You gotta. I think you have to consider him as early as I mean, with Jamar Chase, and then as early as seven with Detroit because 
Goff throwing to Quintez Cephalus, you know, the rest of the gang. It's not like, I don't know how you can sell a fan base on that, but also I don't know how you can sell a fan base on Hertz. Okay. We're not doing this, right? We're we're just not doing this. We're just not doing this. But Jack and I have, Jack and I have always dismissed the Detroit Lions as being a real franchise. They're a fake franchise, but it sounds to me. And based off my research, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. I've seen those three names interchange in order of where they're getting drafted all over the place. Is it that type of deal where nobody really knows how these teams, because I've seen the, I'm just from an Eagles perspective. They love Devontae Smith. They love Jalen Waddle. They would trade up for Jamar Chase. It, it kind of seems like everyone loves all three of these guys where they could go in any particular order to, tomorrow or today when this episode drops. And nothing, nobody would be shocked. Is that how you view it? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of the same as last year where, you know, everyone kind of assumed it'd be a Judy or a Land going early, and then boom, it's a Rugs that goes first of them all at, at pick 12, which was later than everyone thought to begin with already. I think you see that with uh, – it's kind of just like the wide receivers of today. They're, there's kind of the surplus of good wide receivers in the NFL, which is why you saw – like a Juju signed for a one-year, you know, eight mil or a Sammy Watkins signed for a one-year six. Like all these guys had to take one-year deals because there's so many good young wide receivers who translated such is a Is it that or is it the fact that the salary cap is down and they want to cash it? Nah, it is that. It uh, is that. So I, I think it's that more than the other thing because the Giants were still able to pay Galladay like a normal, like a normal top dollar wide receiver mm-hmm. market value. There's so much young talent in, in the league. And like, do you want to, you know, you spend $2 million a year on a Justin Jefferson, or you can spend, you know, 10 million plus on a T.Y. Hilton or, you know, you know, one of those older, an A.J. Green, like one of those guys. So I, I think it's just the, the easiness of the transition and a surplus of talent at the position is kind of driving the price down, which is why you see wide receivers going later and cheaper in free agency, later in the draft and cheaper in free agency. All right, the golden question. Where do you stand on Devontae Smith's weight and how it'll impact him at the next level? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's just a whole bunch of bullshit. But uh, when you're when you're like a scout, you, you have to, when you're, analyzing these first round picks uh who are going to be like you know your franchise and change all these things you have to analyze reasons they're not going to work out like why wouldn't this player work out if we took him at 12 and i think people point to the weight because weight hasn't transitioned as well Uh, i think we were discussing it earlier i think the sean jackson is the only one under 170 with a somewhat success successful career um and then you mentioned obviously marquise brown a close i mean a close second but like what does that mean? Like, it's uh, this, it's it's this tough. Guy to, won the Heisman. No, I and you have like you have to throw like kind of throw it out almost. Like this kid is different. The kid is still yeah. different. That's what I was. He's that's what I wanted to. Yeah, he's still going to be a baller, and no one's going to be able to catch him. I guess the but, question is though, what does weight affect in the like? What are people implying that he'll press get coverage? Hurt? Press coverage, like, trying to beat people, but, uh, bigger defensive backs at the line of scrimmage. I, I feel think, like, like he oh, would feast on press coverage. Well, yeah, because he's fucking nasty. That's Jack. what I'm saying. Like yeah, I think, the weight is irrelevant. No, no, I just wasn't sure if it was a fair, fair use case saying he, you know, he's going to be running against bigger guys, meaning 
he's going to get hit harder and he's more injury prone. And that's what we've seen for guys under 170, less press coverage. He can dust them all day long. Yeah. I think that's basically what the scouts are saying, trying to like say in their anonymous, you know, when they leak that stuff to the people is like, if he doesn't work out, it's probably because of the weight. And, but I mean, you watch his release and things like that. And I think his weight's only going to matter in press coverage versus a guy like Jalen Ramsey at most, like, like yeah, just, he, he won't be a Raven because he can't block on the outside. That's yeah. fine. He won't but, be an Eagle because he's nasty at wide receiver. He, he actually has videos of him pancaking some dudes and kind of getting on special teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, six, so I don't see it as that much of an issue. I think it's kind of more scouts pointing out why he could be a bust. All right. So the back half of the wideouts, because we, I mean. Warren Sharp's favorite thing to tweet out is the first round wide receivers versus second round wideouts. And it, you know, you see it a lot, which is why I hope the Eagles go for wide out at 12. But what about the, the second kill, half? You can't kill what's already dead, Jack. You think what that about, hurts me? It doesn't. What about the rest of these wide receivers? I know you like this more kid. Yeah, this this more kid, I think, uh, is going to just blow away. Where'd he go? What? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, and he actually, when he did play, I'm pretty sure he averaged more yards per game than Devontae. But not more than Kenny Yeboah. No. Right. Kenny Yeboah. Not at the tight end. All right, so you like Elijah Moore. You like, do you like Bateman? Yeah, I, there's, so this wide receiver class is kind of crazy. I think it's, I mean, we like we talked about, there's like 10, 10 plus dudes I would think can translate right away. And then there are like another 15 dudes who, like have their one, you know, one role that they're really good at that they can help you with right away. I think that's like a Trey Nixon or, you know, someone else. Um, so I just think like when you're looking at all these guys, you got to like, I feel like if I'm prioritizing wide receiver, I'm honestly waiting till later in the draft just because of the talent. That's what I think about the Eagles as much as now I'm a Devontae Smith simp after having talked to him and I would love for the Eagles to grab him. The Eagles have so many problems that drafting a wide receiver is putting a Band-Aid over a stab wound. I've said it a million times. It's also – it's not even like a Band-Aid. It's something to get excited over, but it's, right. not, it's not an impact in my And it's opinion. also not even a guarantee that – and you draft – I can't – I cannot rationalize drafting a wide receiver in back-to-back years in the first Yeah, no. We're not doing this. I, not doubt, doing this. I doubt the Eagles double dip. So, if, if, if the Eagles don't take a receiver, you have Chase, Smith, and Waddle as the big three. Where do you have those three guys landing? Uh, so Chase, I still think is going to end up reuniting with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I don't, you know. I don't How do you look at Joe Burrow's scar on his knee and not take Sewell? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, uh, they're kind of. It's kind of impressive. If what they, we say, if they That's do, why they're the Bengals in the second round? Yeah, exactly. It would be a very Bengals move, and I think the teams who finished four through six are kind of all. So, so uh, four through seven, even Detroit, too, are all so, so bad and like right. laughably bad. Where all right. So, Chase to Cincinnati. What about Devontae? So, Devontae, I think, probably goes around 11 or 12, you know, in that Giants Eagles range. I think that's where he, you know, gets going. I also saw a mock with him today, I think, falling a little bit kind of into that like 16 range, which is poss- obviously possible given like that's where CeeDee Lamb fell last year, things like that. So uh, someone talked about the Cardinals possibly getting him and pairing him with Hopkins, which would be that would be nasty. fun to watch him, A.J. Green, Hopkins. But uh, yeah, I think 
the conversation starts. If Chase goes five, then seven, seven, 11, 12 are all going to be hot spots for these wide receivers kind of. And I think you'll, you'll get the giants probably taking a waddle, you know, to make sure that makes makes no sense to me. The giants taking a receiver. We just had that conversation about this first round versus the second round guys and how Jack, you wouldn't draft a receiver in back-to-back drafts, which I agree with you. But I wouldn't pay Kenny, Kenny Galladay and then draft a guy with your top pick. I would pay Kenny Galladay and then get him in the second or third round if you want another receiver. But to, to, to use your first-round draft pick on a position that you just spent $70 million on seems very Giants to me. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, it's extremely Dave Gettleman, which is right. kind of why I have him going at okay. 11. But um, no, I think uh, they're trying to build this explosive offense, and you have to With evaluate. Daniel Jones? That's what I'm saying. You have to evaluate Daniel Jones. So I guess the best way to evaluate him in this scenario is give him everything and then some. Uh, they're probably going to be uh, screwed with the O-linemen, the top two going before them. Um, then they're kind of they can reach on a you know Elijah Vera Tucker who will play guard for them, which I think is a smarter pick. Like we we're talking about the mid round wide receivers, I think that's definitely a smarter way of doing it. I just think they're get, get it's Gettleman's last season and he's going to be impatient with everything. It's kind of the you know what happens with GMs who are kind of writing it on the wall. So he spent all kind of like Ar- kind of like Arthur Blank. If they go get a guy like Kyle Pitts at four, it's like all right, what more can the Falcons ask for? No, yeah, besides, like, a whole defense. Right. But, yeah. But yeah, I just think the Giants should probably address another position, but when it comes down to, you know, the explosiveness and, and just pairing Saquon with Kenny Galladay and Waddle and Sterling Shepard over the middle and whatever Evan Ingram is still. Uh, Fake player. Yeah, he can run fast. Let's, let's talk about Pitts then. Yeah, so oh, Pitts, so as we alluded to before, yeah, is probably the Trevor Lawrence of tight end prospects. And I feel like we may have gotten to that realm last year or a couple of years ago with Hawkinson saying he's the greatest tight end prospect. Really? Um, but no, Pitts, like there isn't a flaw in his game. And the closest thing to a flaw is probably the run blocking. And he still, you know, puts in the effort and is really good at that. So it's kind of like – You'll never see a tight end get taken this high unless they're a freak, and this kid is just different. Like he he would be the if he was never a tight end, he just the same Kyle Pitts with a wide receiver position tag to him. He'd be wide receiver one, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I think that's why he probably ends up going four to Atlanta before him because you could still line him up as like the X receiver and just cause headaches for a defense. Like right. so, so that's why I've said. I have Kyle Pitts levels above any wide receiver in the draft because of just the matchup. You see it with Kelsey. Kelsey being the best tight end is such an advantage over Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Tyreek. Like, they're just a jump. There's a million good wide receivers. It's like Kelsey, Gap, Kittle, Gap, Darren Waller, and then the rest of the league. And what this guy's going to do, if he can play wide receiver – and he's going to be matched up against linebackers and, and safeties. It's I mean, alongside of Calvin Ridley and a Julio Jones, nonetheless. It, it, it would be insanity. So I'm very – I'm comfortable with Atlanta taking him at four. Like we talked about, you probably got to look two years ahead, and the quarterback makes even more of an impact. But 
the way that Pitts makes an impact over his position group versus the wideouts, I think it's a no-brainer. I would just have him. Why, like, so why wouldn't – if the Bengals are willing to take Jamar Chase, why not take Kyle Pitts? I just – well, probably the fact that he's not on the board at that he point. He didn't play with Joe Burrow either. That's probably but, it. Uh, no, if they were both available there, I think you have to, you know, lean Pitts, like, in that scenario, uh, especially if you're the Bengals because you do have, you know – T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Floyd already. And then you could just go, well, I mean, you have to address the O-line eventually, but you can go, you know, O-line in second early and then wide receiver early third. You know, you're probably getting a late second. Like, I don't even understand that. The Bengals, yeah, I'm a Ravens fan. I watch – Tyler Boyd is excellent. T. Higgins is is supposed to be the top five dynasty wide receiver, so clearly they like him. So why why do you need a third wide receiver right now? I think – yeah, I, I, if I was personally in charge, I agree. You can't look at Joe Burrow's knee and not go left tackle in a Penny Sewell or something like that. But I, I think everyone just gets infatuated with kind of having these three weapons on the outside and kind of working from there. You know, and, the NBA and the NFL, it's just like all everyone cares about now is scoring. scoring. Yeah, but it, the difference is if, if you literally can't protect your quarterback, can't you can't score. throw it to the weapon. Right, you can't score. You know, so it's like they're useless out there. No, All sure. right, let's let's get selfish. Eagles, Ravens, Colts, Dolphins, Eagleson, hop in here. Let's start with the Eagles. We've kind of touched on them. Let's just do, do who I think we're going to get versus who Mauer thinks we're going to get. Okay. For the Eagles, there are so many players I'm okay with at 12 that I find it hard to believe they're going to fuck this up. Now I've seen some names being floated around that I've never heard of, which are just like, just do some, just make the fans happy. Just that's all you can do. If it's a bus, it's a bus, but take a guy the fans want. Um, the only reason I, I love Sertan and I loved Horn. And then I spoke with you as a Colts fan. You told me about the new defensive coordinator the Eagles have and how he doesn't really place an emphasis on the cornerback position. So that kind of threw me off. That's Sertan good in today's NFL. Yeah. Let me backtrack a little there. So it, the emphasis on the cornerback position is going to be like a little less depending on the scheme he runs. So if he runs the Indianapolis Colts scheme, which he was the D coordinator for last year, there'll be less of an emphasis on the outside cornerbacks. If he runs the Minnesota Vikings scheme, which is where he originally came from, there will be more of an emphasis on the outside cornerbacks. So that's where I could see a certain or a Jace Horn, something like that, going to the Eagles is if they're going to play that, you know, Vikings press man, you know, model more. So who do I want? I want to have some fun. I want a Smith. I want a Waddle. Who am I fine with? Because I know it's probably the smarter decision, a certain, a Horn. Uh, Howie Roseman doesn't give a rat's ass about linebackers, but I would love Parsons out of Penn State. So those are the five names that I'm totally fine with any of them taking. I'm interested to see who uh, who not in that list the Eagles end up drafting at 12. So I'm really cool with anything. Yeah, and with the Eagles, you never know, but I feel like there's an 80% chance you end up with one of those five. Or an edge um, rusher or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah I would say the, the last twenty percent is probably a quitty pie. Something like but whatever, uh, man. I was so yeah. excited to pick at six. Now I don't really like, give a shit. Yeah, I mean the Eagles draft. Um, it's kind of they'll be able to play just best available, kind of who falls out of yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's worked out real well for us in the past. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, uh, it's a Howie Roseman first round pick, so you know what it's probably going to be. Um. 
but I would say, yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta give at least one weapon to Jalen Hurts before you're like, you know, go out here and prove your arm. So go trade a second and a fifth for Julio. But, like, that's all I think it'll take. I don't think it's going to break anyone's bank to get Julio at this point. In this I think Julio's more of a win now. now. Yeah. Like the Ravens? I don't get it. What do you mean? <laughs> All right. For the Ravens, I tweeted this out. I said, so we obviously acquired, you know, another first round pick. I said the Ravens will not trade up because Ravens fans were like, oh, we have two firsts. Let's trade up now. We're not going to trade up. We also won't be drafting at 27 and 31. We're going to trade back one of those picks. I would bet pretty heavily. I don't think we're going to draft another wide receiver. We just can't do it. And it's not a priority. And DaCosta and and Harbaugh trust the guys we have, which is a, a different point. Um, and I think we'll we'll get a pass rusher O line. Who do I think we get? I honestly I don't know enough about the back half of the first round, so I'll lean on you. But tell me who the Ravens could end up with that's not a wide receiver because I really don't think we take one. Yeah, I think a dream scenario would be like having a Tevin Jenkins fall, say like a, a Mahler right tackle, kind of, you know, similar to uh, what Orlando Brown was, but he's more like athletic, honestly, and tested better than uh, Tevin Jenkins. But um, I'm not sure, you know, that Tevin Jenkins is kind of the third O-lineman, and then there's kind of a drop-off to the fourth O-lineman. So I do think, you you know, you probably end up trading back a little bit, like kind of what the Colts are going to do, but trading back into that, like, Leatherwood range. Or, you know, he's more of a left tackle, but there's a, there's a bunch of guys. Uh, Dylan Redums, I believe, is how it's pronounced, from North Dakota State. He's getting a ton of buzz right now. And I just think the offensive line, like the tackle class that there is, is so deep kind of like the wide receivers where which that is rare you don't see such a deep uh you know tackle class where that's something you guys could address at a later point which is strange so i do i, I agree with everything you probably trade back edge is definitely uh up there in priority but um yeah uh-huh. you'll probably play the collect picks game and you know build your team smart as you normally do yeah and so did you see the ravens like whatever draft analysis and and everything they said about their strategy as a whole the one that like dropped today no it was it was over the past couple weeks so they were they were talking to the ravens and a few of the quotes were like we're not necessarily great drafters like the draft is hard as shit and like our strategy yeah it is and they're just like like just get as many picks as you can because it's just a it's a lotto and the more lotto tickets you have now there's obviously edge to gain within which i think is unique um and so the other part that i that i thought was a fun conversation was the ravens get a lot of credit for trading up for lamar trading back in you're welcome yeah thank you um but people are like that is probably one of the if they actually thought he was their franchise quarterback letting him slip 10 spots is yeah it's probably the worst move you could make as an organization especially to draft a backup tight end over him but then people are like well the ravens are so good that they knew exactly like how it was going to shake out so i just wasn't sure if if like that was luck it was skill like what you think on that whole situation yeah, I think that tends to be more skill. Like, uh, kind of like if you do, 
like trade back is a lotto. It's a hundred percent a lotto. You're pulling a lotto tickets. So that's why I think the smarter teams are always trying to move back and collect picks. That's why I think it was smart for the Eagles to do that. Surprisingly. Um, smart, not fun. Yeah. Not fun by any means. Yeah. You won't get, you know, the stud at six, but you'll still get someone really good at 12. And now you have the future first. So whatever just, you're throwing darts at a dartboard, a Carson Wentz dartboard. Um, right. And you know, the more picks you have, the better chance you have of locking into someone, you know, a DK Metcalf going 64 or like all these, you know, other guys who went later, like you can find impact players at any round of draft. So the more picks you have, the better. All right. Eagleson, uh, Dolphins, what do you want to see them do? What do you think they do? So my dream scenario for them is Sewell at six, trade back with the 18th pick, take Zayvon Collins, who I'm in love with. And Probably like there's more receivers. You didn't even talk about like Kadarius Tony, Tony, right? That's his name. Yep. Yeah. Grab him in the second round. Creed Humphreys too to fill our center need. I feel like that would be the perfect thing for another them. another another team. The Dolphins, similar to the Bengals, where I don't know how you look at Tua's history, how you look at that offensive line, and you pass on a guy like Sewell. It just it, it makes no sense to me. I understand the glitz and the glamour of the Jamar Chase, but you have Devontae Parker. No, nah, their weapons are, have been super shaky. I mean, the second half of Tua's rookie year was – There's no weapons to, without was, protecting Tua, we just said, though. Yeah, you know but I, mean? but he, I don't think the Dolphins are, are yeah. one of those like fl- – like the Bengals are actually going to floodgate at offensive line. The Dolphins had – and they have they had three rookies start last year, so they kind of like the guys. That yeah, and like the, those guys will only get better. So like I, I'm okay you if Pitts hope. falls and they take him. I'm not upset about that, but I think I would prefer Sewell. Okay, that's the again. You're doing a smart, not fun pick with Sewell. I, I I'm completely okay with that. And he was practicing at right tackle too, which is obviously to his blind spot. So there you go, Mauro. What do you got from the Finns? Finns. Uh, so I've heard basically the same thing honestly that they are considering Sewell at six but kind of will take someone if they fall type situation they're kind of in the perfect spot with that trade up with the Eagles where they want to be um but then also at 18 I've heard they might want to move back up again so if they do get a Sewell uh and like a Waddle or Devontae Smith call uh is dropping they'll move back up for one of those guys and potentially like that would be a nasty first round out of the Dolphins. They end up with a Smith or Waddle and a Sewell. And then adding like a Creed Humphrey in the second. All all they would need is a quarterback and they're fine. Exactly. So you should quarterback and you're good. Stop. Just stop. (laughs) Uh, We're just fascinated. What about the Colts? Um, Colts are a head scratcher. Probably. Definitely trade back, uh, considering we actually gave up draft capital for Carson Wentz. Um, so we're probably trading back from 21. The name I've seen the most is Aziz Ojolare out of uh, Georgia, which is like an edge. Uh, we need to, It's edge or left tackle for us. It's kind of very important. Uh, long shot corner, but um, you kind of get into that awkward range. Well, I think edge is the sweet spot is honestly late round one of this year. I think that's where you get the Greg Rousseau's, the, you know, the Joe Tyrons, like other guys like that, um, that are going to go uh, late and honestly contribute. Um, so I, I would like to stay somewhat in the first round, but uh, I think left tackle with Carson Wentz as your QB has got to be your number one priority. I think a QB with Carson Wentz at your, at your QB has to be your number one priority. Yeah, if it so, were, there was so, like a Trask left, I'd definitely be interested. So what happened – 
uh, as you two are obviously friends, had you been telling Abe how bad Wentz was for years? And Ma- then Mauer's name in our group mate around like maybe week seven or something changed to Carson Wentz, Colts franchise quarterback. He saw it coming. We all saw it coming from a mile away. He changed his photo to a Photoshop of Carson Wentz in a Colts jersey weeks weeks before it even happened weeks before the eagles were but like had you been saying he's terrible and now so, just, yes yeah i've yes. been i've been the leader of the carson wentz sucks train since he got drafted and i definitely took some heat in his second season but i think if i were to break it down for people they kind of realize how fluky that was and i took and some heat in lamar third, jackson's second year it's all right we're all bouncing back the third, the third and fourth i mean he's the closest thing to having a quarterback of all of us which, I mean, he's actually won the MVP. Um, Thank you. But, but, I mean, he really won it. We had, we had, we had <laughs> right. Like, it's not like what Abe says, like, he would have won. Like, he literally has an MVP trophy. Like, Carson Wentz was going to win that M- win that MVP with 220 passing yards per game. And, uh, you know, just the number one defense in the league, number one uh, starting field position in the league. Um and as it turned out, it kind of proved my point when the backup went in and they won it all, which was interesting. But which was uh, cool, which was pretty cool. Yeah. No, yeah. And then Eagles fans uh, got infatuated with back-to-back, like nine and seven division uh, wins because they beat the Cowboys, uh, Giants, and Redskins uh, over the football team down the stretch. Uh, they'd always seem to have a lineup, you know, 14, 15, 16. And then, I see what you're doing here with this, like, passive – this like passive aggressive, just like shit on the Eagles and shit on me. You, you, no, you, can't, you can't come at me. I've already been broken. There's I'm nothing. Not, Jack and I talk about it. Nah, you're, nah you're late. Not a first round pick for him. So I feel like at this Maybe. point, who cares? Yeah, Maybe. I feel like he's going to play. Until the Colts go 10 and 6, miss the playoffs, and he plays 74% of the snaps. We're not good. And if it does get to that, uh, we will bench him. And 100%. What's awesome about the 17-game season is we have a full 12 to play him for. So he can play 12 and not be over 75% where he would be in a 16-game season. Yeah, we're not getting a first-round pick. Who am I? It's 12-game tryout where Carson Wentz has to hold the team afloat to the point where we're competing in uh, against the Titans, basically. Yeah, good luck with that. No, I don't see it happening. I think we're going to be terrible. But – I think that, that the team's really good from, from us could be scary good. The team's good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but with no left tackle and no edge rush, and then like we could use one more corner. Like it's a very incomplete roster for being you know so complete as people talk about. Um, whereas you know Dan Orlovsky said you know like they're now Carson. Sure, that's that's now your number one guy. I know. I know. That's your ride or die. And I have to agree with everything he says now, which right. is unfortunate. But um, yes. All right. Uh, let's, so that's my opinion on Carson. Let's speed round one positive trait from all the guys we had on the draft series. Then we're going to get out of here. Um, Devontae Smith. Heisman. I'll do it. Electric. Just electric. <laughs> electric. Kenny, Kenny Yeboah. What's your favorite trait of his? I like his I like his ability, like his mid range, you know, catch ability. Honestly, his like he's kind of a good route runner in that area and can be a solid contributor as a tight end too. Okay, I actually like him for the Ravens if he's a decent enough run blocker. We, I mean, the Ravens thrive in those multiple tight end. Uh, Quinn Miners, 
one word to describe, like grizzly bear. Like I mean, he trains in Canada, so yeah. he's obviously amazing. Wait, he's he trains in Canada since he when? Listen, you just pulled that out of your ass. You weren't no, even here for the well, interview. That's true. Listen. I know he does. I, I knew of him before he was even on here. Didn't he say like he yes. just bought a new apartment and that's where he's going to train? Yeah, all this and shit? he's training you with can, the Ravens guy. He does not. You, was, you, you can go look in, on his Instagram. I swear. Oh, shut up, Eagleson. You were in pre-algebra when he and Jack during, talked during during the summer. Yeah, during the summer. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Landon Young, Kentucky. Mauler, just uh, you know, the, your textbook SEC lineman, which I don't know how that necessarily projects, but you know, he's going to be. The kid knows how to talk to the media. I yeah, can tell you that. He's... I mean, that's half the battle. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Um, Evan McPherson, this is where your draft analysis really needs to come in clutch. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely on the Colts' radar, so it's someone <laughs> I'm intrigued by. But um, no, I think he's probably the first kicker to go if there's one drafted. And uh, if not, he'll be a highly sought after UDFA, like Rodrigo yeah. Blankenship. Not many people can take revolutions off the ball like McPherson can. Whatever the fuck that means he was telling us about, but yeah. not many people can do it like Evan. The special teams, Jordan. Uh-huh. Trey Nixon. Uh, great deep threat. I think if he falls with a team like the Packers or someone like that, like that could be truly scary. Okay. Charles Snowden, UVA. This is the DN, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, huge. Yeah, he's massive. So I he's think very good looking too. Okay. That's good to hear. All right, Jack. We, we talk about that stuff off the air. That's like another 50% of the battle. <laughs> Media looks and then skill is if you want to come to the podcast where we talk about shit that doesn't matter and place an emphasis on how much it matters, you come to the Snapback Sports Pod. Yeah, no doubt. All right, last guy, Jonathan Marshall, Arkansas. Um, one sec. He's DT. Big. Uh, big yeah, just a space eater. Uh, what the f- does that mean? Space uh, eater. He eats space. What yeah, do you mean? Like kind of like a Brandon Williams. He fills like- space. Like a, a run stuff. Okay, don't don't say it. Ah, like I'm just idiot. saying that. I, I, <laughs> just a like simple That's all. Evolutions off the ball is, but it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jack, come on. He's gonna, it wasn't that far from question. He's gonna eat a double team. You know, he's gonna make you make you block him with two guys. And yes, sir. Out. Yes, sir. What is last question? Then we're done. The biggest sleeper in the draft. Your biggest sleeper. One guy. Uh-huh. My biggest sleeper who'll probably go in the mid to late rounds is Trill Williams out of Syracuse. Uh, I coached against him last year, like in person, and watched him just dominate us, kind of in you know, it, whether it was cat blitzes or I just think he could be a perfect slot corner in the league. I watched him, you know, suplex our wide receiver. Um, I just think he's smart, physical, tough, can kind of be that. Uh, Kenny Moore for your defense, you know, mm-hmm. and fly. and your best bet of the draft. If I'm, I know you, you being a degenerate has looked at the so, lines, it's tough out here. Um, I've definitely looked at all the lines. The one I like the most is probably over on corners in round one. I think it's five and a half. I think you're going to get a run on guys like Newsome. Hopefully, fairly doesn't drop too far with his knee injury, things like mm-hmm. that. I just think, yeah, that's probably the best value. I've been trying to find some stuff. I also think Elijah Moore's under is is nice. I think it's somewhere around 29.5. Head of winning, are we getting any underdog draft prices going on? No draft stuff, but 
major major announcement um, oh announcement of an announcement no no i think we i think we can announce the announcement actually um yeah because whatever don't it, it won't really be active till noon on thursday till like 1 p.m but uh underdog is releasing their best ball two tournament uh which is their biggest tournament they do it's like 3.5 million dollar in prizes one million and one dollar to first place and you will be able to if you deposit whether you're existing or new user you get a free entry into it so throw 10 bucks into your account use the code jack as always um and uh you'll get that so we're gonna be i mean i'm gonna have so many entries in that shit they they tried telling me i couldn't play um they were like listen they're legally you can play how is the head of winning supposed to win if you can't play well they're like the optics if you ended up winning would be pretty bad because like me and so i'll just like, make burners yeah. well it's you know it's like you got a social security id you know there's I've no got, i've got i've got some leftover socials i can throw <laughs> towards your way so right. yeah i keep those back pocketed in cases like this yeah and we'll be drafting i'm going down to miami tomorrow we'll be drafting all day monday from noon to midnight actually so that'll be fun uh with some guests so stay tuned for that but yeah uh so that's our best bet here awesome oh also we didn't get to talk about it the Knicks game and the quick this is an nfl draft preview i know oh i just there we go Knicks tape baby i just wanted to let everyone know that we slaughtered underdog on the quickly cp3 yes you did like i cannot they were were mad at you they were mad at you i cannot say how much that they lost on the air oh buddy it was bad um all right snapback fam nfl draft Days one, two, and three, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll talk to you on Monday. Much love. Peace.